Welcome aboard. It's time to catch your board. Swim out into the sea of ideas and see if we can see that sales pipeline starting to curl up over the horizon. I don't know. Everything's been seeming a little fuzzy to me for those of us who were watching football last week. Matt Hines is the only one who predicted that the number one and two seeds would meet up and both the AFC and NFC and the visiting number two seed would beat them in both cases. That's the only Matt just knows this stuff. I think I'm also the only person that predicted that you can just flat out tackle a receiver whenever you feel like <laughs> it. it's not going to get flat. Don't go there now. Come on, uh, L.A., we didn't quite see that there. Well, we. <laughs> I think as a as – a, I don't know. I know you're a Vikings fan probably, but uh, you know, obviously sitting down there in Southern California – um, it'll be a fun Super Bowl to watch. I do think uh, I was in Atlanta a couple days ago, and I saw a couple of the uh, billboards that Saints fans have been put, putting up around Mercedes-Benz Stadium, saying that their uh, their team has been robbed. But uh, hey, you know what? It's um it's just a game, and it gives us something fun to talk about. That's for sure. That's it. Well, you know, and what do you do when you've been robbed? You just uh, you just uh, there's no place to protest. I mean, that was pretty flagrant. I got to admit, uh, but it. Uh, but, I think so too. But nobody's going to so go too. back well, and change it. Yeah. I don't know. I think there's always there's always something to talk about, and always uh, you know the NFL's done a great job of making what is normally a fairly short season into a year long affair with the uh, with the combine and with the drafts, and now you know all the rules committees. Yeah. It's just um, it's a little nuts. Well, anyway, we're gonna thank you for joining us again on another episode of Sales Pipe Radio. I had no segue for that, by the way. <laughs> just right. just drop so it and go. Right <laughs> no, we're just we're gonna talk about sales and marketing now. Um, thanks for joining us on another episode of Sales Pipeline Radio. If you're joining us live on the Funnel Media Radio Network, thanks so much for joining us in the middle of your workday. If you're listening via the podcast, thank you for subscribing. Um, thrilled to see our numbers continue to jump up and uh, very excited uh, to have you join us and you can catch every episode of sales pipeline radio past present and future at salespipelineradio.com we are featuring some of the best and brightest minds in sales and marketing and today is no different today we've got a, a very special guest i'm really very excited to have with us brian scudamore he's the founder and ceo of o2e brands which may not sound like a name that you know but i guarantee you know some of his businesses it's the banner company for 1-800-GOT-JUNK Wow, one day painting, you move me, Shack Shine, and uh, a number of businesses that you know and may have used. So, Brian, thanks so much for joining us today on Sales Pipeline Radio. Yeah, thank you for having me, Matt. Happy to be here. So excited to have you here. I want to talk about the new book in a little bit, but talk to me a little bit about sort of how your entrepreneurial journey got started. Was this something that you were doing since you were a kid? Is this something that you are you are you do you find yourself kind of more on the accidental entrepreneur side from way back when, or how did that start and get rolling for you? Well, they say these overnight success stories uh, sure take a long time, and they're right. It's been almost 30 years. It'll be 30 years this March. I started 1-800-GOT-JUNK as an idea, a way to pay for college. I actually didn't finish high school. I was one course short of graduation. All my friends were going to college, and I uh, talked my way in to university, and there I was, McDonald's drive through beat-up old pickup truck in front of me, plywood side panels built up on the box. The truck was filled with junk. And I looked at the truck and went, ah, there's my ticket. That's that's my way to pay for college. I took my life savings of $1,000, put $700 into a beat-up old pickup truck of my own, and within a week had a business called The Rubbish Boys. It was really just me, but a vision for something bigger. And off I went, starting to collect junk, and the rest is history. I love it. It's uh, And I think it's uh, – now, here's a good segue for you, Paul. It's like you know, that story, I think people may listen to that and say, like, you're nuts, but – 
I mean, that's that sounds like the story of a lot of entrepreneurs. And if you listen to, you know, like uh, how I built this and other stories, uh, you know, across the web and across good content, the stories often start that way. Um, and I think that does relate to the book you just published called WTF, which for you stands for Willing to Fail, How Failure Can Be Your Key to Success. And it's available now on Amazon. And I don't know how long this is going to last, but I'm looking at Amazon right now. And I see a print list price of $20, but right now, if you go to Kindle, go to the Kindle version, it's a dollar right now. So there's no reason not to read this book. Um, so talk about that sort of willingness to fail. I mean, you know, to, 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 when you're starting with just yourself, maybe that sounds a little easier, but that's not a regular job with a paycheck and benefits and a safety net. What mentality does it take to, to, to go after something like that? Yeah, I think as entrepreneurs, we, we are willing to fail. We're, we're willing to take risks and see what happens. And so my initial idea of starting a business to pay for college, there wasn't a vision any bigger than that. But what started to unfold over time was I realized that, wow, nobody's professionalized the junk removal business. It was all beat up old pickup trucks with plywood side panels. What I envisioned was professionally branded, uniformed, friendly drivers and truck team members, which, you know, I envisioned creating the FedEx to junk removal. And I think as entrepreneurs, you take risks, but you've got to be willing to pivot every step of the way and, and change as your customers need you to change or as the environment changes when you see new opportunities. So, yeah, a lot of people would have thought I was crazy dropping out of high school, uh, again, dropping out of college because I was making lots of money and having fun being an entrepreneur. It is a bit of a road less traveled and it's a, a scary one, but part of the reason why I love that we've created a franchise model is taking people who have an entrepreneurial spirit but might not know where to start. They've never created a business and they want to partner with someone. We help our franchise partners launch Shack Shine, Wow and Day Painting, whatever the brand. They can take a business and have a partner alongside them to help them with here's the prescribed recipe, here's the coaching, the support, we've been there, we've done it, and helping people be successful is uh, is what really drives me. Well, it's great to hear that, and I would agree with you on the franchise uh, sort of concept. I think a lot of people have been very successful at using that um, sort of as a stepping stone to being an entrepreneur themselves, but be, to, to go out and to really to start and run a business with a framework and a blueprint that is proven in other markets and in other areas. How did how and when did you decide? So once you got one eight hundred junk up and rolling, you know how did you decide to start to expand into some of these other home services that you've got now? It was really a little by accident. Twenty two years into the business with one eight hundred got junk, we had sold out in every market across Canada, the United States, and Australia. And I said, well, what's next? And so we came up with this concept of okay, let's let's keep my eyes peeled. Let's let's find the next brand. And I was looking and looking. And by accident, I had somebody come in and paint my home. I got three estimates and the first two people, they smelled the cigarette smoke. They, you know, came very late. I felt that they were going to move into my house and take a couple of weeks to paint the house. But the third person came in friendly, uniformed. He had this van outside that was immaculate and he gave me a different level of confidence. And he said, when we agree on painting day, I will have your paint, your house painted by the end of that day. And I thought, how's that even possible? And uh, sure enough, I come home, 6.30 p.m., floor to ceilings, moldings, trims. It was immaculate. They did an incredible job. I was so wowed that I bought the company and rebranded the business as Wow One Day Painting. And so 
we, we got in by, by accident because I saw an opportunity to create a second industry that we could revolutionize. The very ordinary business of junk removal, we made exceptional through customer experience. Why couldn't we do the same thing with painting? And our parent company, O2E Brands, stands for just that, ordinary to exceptional. Taking ordinary people who have never been an entrepreneur and helping them be exceptional through systems and support, but also taking ordinary services like painting, moving, junk removal, and making them exceptional through branding and through uh, cu- exceptional customer experience. Talking today on Sales Pipeline Radio with Brian Scudamore. He is the CEO of O2E Brands and a uh, founder of companies that you will recognize and may have used, 1-800-JUNK uh, and others. And I, I love that the title of this book that you just published, WTF, which stands for, in your case, Willing to Fail. And it's it's quickly become one of my, my, my favorite books in a genre of books that I think it represents entrepreneurs getting real about the entrepreneurial journey. My other favorite is Shoe Dog by Phil Knight. And what I love about that book is it, it ends before he even goes public. And the most of the book is about, it's about the struggle. It's about the adversity. It's about the times he almost ran out of money. And so I think, you know, oftentimes we see entrepreneurs and we hear them during the highlights when they go public, when they sell the company. We don't hear the lowlights from them, let alone from the companies that never got there. Talk a little bit about that, not just the willingness to fail, but the just the adversity it takes to actually run a business that gets even close to where yours has gotten. Yeah, so I think that it isn't just about being willing to fail, as you said, it's you will actually fail and and how can you endure and be okay with that failure. I think what's really important is you will make mistakes and one of the biggest mistakes I made became the biggest lessons learned. It certainly got me to a place in my business where I was so excited about uh, the future because of a massive uh, mishap. So in 1994, five years into the business, I had 11 employees. And what do they say? One bad apple spoils the whole bunch. Well, I had probably nine bad apples. I didn't know what else to do but to get rid of everybody and start again. So I fired my entire company of 11. I did it all at once, brought them all in for a morning meeting. And I said, listen, you know, as your leader, I've let you down. I haven't either found the right people or treated you right, given you the love and support you've needed to grow. And uh, we got to part ways. I'm going to rebuild. But I learned that day going from five trucks down to one, canceling jobs with customers and going through the pain of rebuilding the business that a brand, a company is all about people. That's all you've really got, no matter what you sell or what you do. And so my opportunity was rebuilding from that failure where I was going to find the right people, people that I could consider friends, people that fit the culture, people that had the same passion that we shared for building and growing great brands. And the rest is uh, it's history, as they say, because, you know, we really got uh, a business that turned around from while we were succeeding in getting revenue, it wasn't the happy business that I felt proud of with the right people. And today I look around and it's nothing but smiles. That's great. That's great. I want to talk a little more before we're going to take a break here uh, about getting the right people. And you mentioned, you know, finding people that have passion, people that have the right culture. Um, I, I have to assume based on your background that you're not only hiring the MBAs from the Ivy League schools. So, you know, what are some of the criteria that you find most valuable and most important in evaluating people that are interested in joining the business? Yeah, hiring happy people. That's that's our secret sauce. I want people that smile. I want people that are optimists. I want people that see the world 
uh, with the possibility that is in front of them. And so when we're out there hiring, I always, you know, I get this question all the time, how do you find such great people? I, I ask people, I turn it over to them and I get them to think, how do you find such great friends? You know, we all love our friends. We've got great friends. And sure, sometimes they can drive you nuts and vice versa. But it's one of those things where you don't walk around with a checklist and start interviewing people that you want to be friends with. You just trust your gut. You ask them questions and engage and listen. And somehow a friendship evolves. I think in in this world of, of business, especially as North Americans, I think we compromise all too often. We compromise on the people we bring into our business family. We don't trust our gut. We tell ourselves that this person's good enough. It's too hard to find people. It's taking too long. I just need a body. You can't compromise. You've got to bring in people that fit the culture, the attitude, mentality of your business. So for us, it's hire an app on attitude, train on skill. If we're looking for a chief financial officer, clearly we need someone with credentials. But we are looking at skill as a secondary thing. We are hiring based on attitude and really screening for cultural fit more than anything. Love it. We are going to have to take a quick break. Take a quick break here, pace a bill. I feel like we could go on for a long time with our guest today, Brian Scudamore. He is the founder and CEO of uh, O2E Brands, including 1-800-GOT-JUNKIES, the author of the great new book, WTF, Willingness to Fail, How Failure Can Be Your Key Success. We'll be back talking more about sales success, entrepreneurship, and more. Sales Pipeline Radio. Are you tired of sending emails and wondering if they're ever even opened? Well, if so, you might need MailTag. MailTag's a Chrome browser extension for your Gmail that allows you to track your emails in real time. You receive email alerts right on your desktop as soon as the emails are open. Imagine that. And as a special thank you for being a listener of this show, We've teamed up with MailTag.com to provide you guys with a special discount on your MailTag subscription. Just use the promo code HEINZ, H-E-I-N-Z, and you can get half off for life. That's 50% off for as long as you use it. If you want to check it out, go to MailTag.io, MailTag.io, to start your completely free 14-day trial. No credit card required, and if you like it, just put that promo code Heinz in there, and you get half off for life. What could be a better deal than that? Quit worrying about whether your emails are open. Check out MailTag.io. The way we do business is advancing faster than ever before. Yet amongst the disruptions, there's one pillar that stays standing through it all. The power of a relationship. Relationships are at the core of everything. So how are today's organizations developing, nurturing, and leveraging them to drive success? Join Matt Hines and Sigster's VP of Marketing, Justin Keller, for the on-demand webinar, The State of Relationship Marketing, and learn how your team can bridge the gaps between relationships and revenue. Listen now at HeinzMarketing.com. That's H-E-I-N-Z Marketing.com. But don't go and listen right now because we got a lot more with Matt and his guests. We do, we do, Paul, and uh, definitely make sure we join us for future episodes of Sales Pipeline Radio. we got some great guests coming up next week. In fact, we have David Nilsson. He is the founder and president of Guidant Financial, uh, based in Seattle. We're going to be talking about the sales and marketing engine that his team has built. They have taken, from what I can, when I can tell, they've taken the model originally uh, prescripted by Predictable Revenue and Aaron Ross 15 years ago and have upgraded and updated that internally, and he's going to share some of their secrets to building their sales and marketing engine. And, and Brian, as you may know, uh, David Nilsson is also a member of the Entrepreneur Organization. 
also known as an EO. And just based on this conversation about people and passion, probably an EO membership is something that we both uh, have in common. And talk a little bit about how important finding a peer group like EO has been in your growth as a leader um, and your growth as, as a happy human being as well. Yeah, well, I think, you know, our philosophy at O2E Brands, all of our brands, we talk about building something bigger and better together, something bigger than we would have ever chosen to go at alone. And I think that it's nice to have company. It's nice to be building something and sharing the pride with others. And so I had a lonely business uh, startup in the beginning, the first five years, and then firing my 11 employees. I really didn't know what I was doing. I was a high school dropout, a college dropout, so I really needed to learn from someone. And I really believe in taking the path of mentorship, finding some help and some support. And so I joined EO. It was called the Young Entrepreneur Organization when I joined, and then as we all got older, they dropped the Y, and uh, so now it's EO. But EO is a fantastic place to learn from, I think, 10,000-plus members worldwide where any problem you ever have in business or even in life, chances are someone else in the organization has experienced it, made it through, solved it. And so why not turn to others and ask questions and say, hey, this is the situation I'm in. What can you do to help? What can I learn from you? And I think one of the beauties of entrepreneurship is while we're very competitive people and we're in different industries, we're happy to help people who are also going through the same struggles that we might go through. Absolutely. Yeah. I was not seeking, but I found EO about yeah, about five years ago now, and it's been one of the most important things I've done in my entrepreneur, entrepreneurial journey. Um, and I think one of the things that's really taught me that I'd love to get your feedback on is to be comfortable with my definition of success. And I think this isn't just related to entrepreneurs. It's anyone in various stages of their career to not just look at success as how much money am I making, how big is my title, but to really think about what it means to be successful, to mean to be satisfied in their job and in their business and in their life. Talk a little bit about your journey to figure out what success means for you and how you define that for yourself today. Yeah, when I joined EO, while it was a great blessing for me and a support network for me, it also became uh, a challenge because what I did in the first year is I started comparing myself to others, which I don't recommend others do. It's a dangerous thing, but I started looking around with my little million-dollar business that I had at the time. I was surrounded by EO members who had $10 million businesses or $100 million companies. And I thought, you know, why, why can't I do that? Why aren't I doing that? How come things aren't growing quickly enough? So I got critical on myself and, and really retreated, as they teach you in, in EO, when you're trying to solve a problem, go find the creative space somewhere to retreat and think. And I pulled out a sheet of paper, one page, double-sided. I started to write, and I brain-dumped from my head what I ended up calling the painted picture, what the future could look like if only I could imagine pure possibility. And I said we'd be in the top 30 metros in North America because there were 30 cities bigger than Vancouver where we started. I said we'd be the FedEx to junk removal, and I said we'd be on the Oprah Winfrey show. So all these big things I saw in my head, I put down onto writing, onto paper, and made them happen. And what was interesting is this whole self-doubt and this journey of, I don't know if I can do this, I started to see it in this picture, and I started to believe my own vision and rallied people around me that wanted to join me in building my cause. 
And you've been on Oprah. You've been on Dr. Phil. You've been on Good Morning America. You've been on the Today Show. Um, just an impressive set of uh, sort of accolades and, and press that you've been able to generate. And, you know, being able to now kind of, you know, not only continue to grow the business, but give back in the form of this book and in the form of some of the other work that you're doing. What, you know, have you had a chance in addition to the book to sit down and talk to sort of the next stage of entrepreneurs? I know you you've spent a little time uh, sort of at MIT fairly recently as well. But talk about what other lessons, especially for the early stage people that may or may not be on an entrepreneurial journey, but certainly are on their own path and facing, you know, an uncertain future. What advice do you have for them? Yeah, so I think my book, WTF, was really a way to inspire others. It's the reason I wrote it. And I didn't really realize what I was getting into. But, you know, hundreds of emails later after writing the book, people have been inspired. And it's interesting because people see it not just as an entrepreneurial story. It's really a life lesson story and some things I've learned on in terms of attitude or having a vision. Creating a painted picture and a vision isn't just for entrepreneurs. It's for any leader in life, whether you're leading a, a sports team, whether you're leading a movement, it doesn't matter. Having a vision of where you're going, not necessarily how you're going to get there, but what that future looks like is what keeps people going. It's what keeps people's people focused and uh, has other people join them in, in that building. So for me, writing the book to inspire has inspired uh, a lot of people, and I feel like it's a great give back. People reach out all the time asking questions about how do I franchise? Am I ready to franchise? Uh, you know, here's a challenge in my business that you face. Can you help me through it? And I love nothing more than taking phone calls where I can coach people through and share some brief lessons of things I've learned along the way on a, on a journey of a, a road less traveled. I love it. Well, we just got a few more minutes here with Brian Scudamore, who is the founder of 1-800-GOT-JUNK, and he's the CEO of O2E Brands. Definitely get his book. It's called WTF, Willing to Fail, How Failure Can Be Your Key to Success. Uh, it's on Amazon, and as at least as of today, go to Amazon, you get the Kindle version for a buck, and that is that is a steal. So take advantage of that if you can. I want to ask you a question. I'm very curious to hear sort of your relationship with Roy Williams. I read his book, The Wizard of Ads, Turning Words into Magic and Dreamers into Millionaires, several years ago, and it was one of the best books on advertising I've read. And I know multiple people that have been inspired by that um, in, in a lot of their content and copy as well. Can you? How did you discover Roy um, and talk a little about how that has influenced sort of your business and your marketing? Yeah, so Roy has written more radio ads than I think anybody on the planet. He became our partner in our radio creative. We had been introduced to him by a fellow named Sean Jones, who had a company, Spence Diamonds. And he said, oh, you know, you want to you want to meet the best in the world in terms of radio? Call Roy up. And I called Roy and Roy said, yeah, I'm not taking on new clients. We're too busy. You know, if you want to chat, you got to come to Austin, come to our Wizard Academy and sit down and you know, I think it was $7,500 just to have a meeting with him, and, and we, he might not choose to work with us. And uh, so we went down and, and met the wizard, and sure enough, developed a connection, a great friendship. And he has been an incredible mentor, partner, all sorts of things in our business, and uh, co-authored the book. He writes all our radio creative, and he inspires us each and every day with our, uh, with our marketing. Lucky that I, I got to work with him, and uh, even more lucky that I get to uh, call him a friend. Paul, I'm going on a buying spree. I just <laughs> found all these great books uh, that, are, that are super cheap for my flight home tonight. Hey, real quick, before we have to wrap up, Brian, uh, definitely encourage people to get a copy of the book. 
who are some other people that have inspired you um, in your in your path? You know, authors, speakers, other it can be alive or dead. But who are some other folks? You know, in addition to Roy Williams' content, that you recommend other people check out? Yeah, you know, I love people that share a passion for growth, who share a passion for building things the right way. So I love Tony Shea, who is uh, a friend who built Zappos. And, you know, massive companies done incredibly well. I love his drive to build a happy place and to really build more happiness in the world. Um, another friend uh, who was just an author to me at one point, but I reached out to him and we've gotten to know each other over the years, is Michael Gerber. His book, The Classic, The E-Myth Revisited, an amazing book, how to systematize your business, how to really scale it the right way. So uh, super inspired by Michael and, and his life's work. Um, you know, to, to be honest, I'm inspired less about the big names that anyone could mention and more just inspired by regular human beings. You know, I love when I meet someone. I did a trip to Kenya last year with a bunch of people from work and just the time that we spent in the community talking to the Maasai warriors and talking to the mamas and hearing everyone's personal story. I think whether someone's in Kenya or someone's in Canada, it doesn't matter. When someone sits down one-on-one -on -one and takes the time to uncover someone's life's work, their purpose, the meaning behind their, their life and the stories that they can tell, that's what I admire and that's what I find fascinating. I love it. Well, we're out of time, unfortunately, but this has been a great, great conversation. Really appreciate your time today. Brian Scudamore, he's the founder and CEO of O2E Brands, which includes 1-800-GOT-JUNK and a number of other businesses you'd recognize, and the author of the new book, WTF, the Willing to Fail, How Failure Can Be Your Key to Success. Join us next week. We've got great new content. We're going to have David Nilsson. He is the founder of Guidant Financial. We're going to talk about his secrets to building an inside sales-based uh, sales and marketing engine. Lots of good stuff coming up for my great producer, Paul, for today. Thank you for joining us. This is Matt Hines. You've been listening to Sales Pipeline Radio. You've been listening to Sales Pipeline Radio, brought to you by the good folks at Matt Hines Marketing, right here on the Funnel Radio Channel for at-work listeners like you.